Well, my friends, once again, with great pride, I welcome you into the sports book here on 760 WJR. And the truth be told, this particular edition has been two months in the making because very exciting. Uh, my partner is back. I'm back, baby. Right next to me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Stage left. Yep. Look at you over there. I left the house today. It's pretty <laughs> great. <laughs> Does anybody know? Pretty I, great. Yeah, I have childcare. Don't worry. All right. Uh, it wasn't one of those deals. I'm going to go get some milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all set up. Oh, it's wonderful. Great to see you. Nice to see you. Honestly, we did a huge bear hug. In the yes, hall. we did. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, I'm so happy that Olivia is doing well. Hubby Ryan is doing well. Yes. And they're you, together this evening. And there's nothing like it. Yeah. Time with dad and daughter. Daddy daughter time. Yeah. Um, and slowly but surely, you're getting back into a little bit of a normal routine, huh? little bit, yeah. I mean, I'll be back on TV in a short while, and then it's all about child care and making sure she's <laughs> safe while I'm not with her, which is going to be tough. It's tough to leave her, but also fun to get back in the swing. See, you are experiencing when you are out and the few times that you have all by your lonesome, you go through a little withdrawal, don't you? A little bit. A lot. <laughs> yeah. But it's new, so. Oh, Ryan just called. She took her first steps. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> She just said dada. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, you know what? Plenty to discuss as we get this edition of the sports book underway. As usual, thank you very much to our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for making this thing possible. And uh, what a day to come back live and in person because all of a sudden our uh, Detroit Lions have won two in a row, huh? How about that? And a road win. How about it? Well, you know, and you listen. The nature of the beast is this. When the Lions play like hell, we talk about it. Yeah, and we're it's not miserable. as fun. Yeah. And when they win and do something good, you talk about that as well. And I'm very happy for Dan Campbell on this team because we have seen this Lions team find a lot of, lot of different ways to lose. And it was just the opposite yesterday. It was nice to see another team make the mistakes and the Lions capitalize on those. And, you know, they could have stopped fighting when it was 24 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. When I saw that, I was like, oh, they're done. Right. But they didn't think that. And then their playmakers made plays. It was fun. Well, show of hands. When Justin Fields broke it off for 67 yards and that score, right there. Right. You're thinking it's over. But then Cairo Santos misses the extra point. And you're thinking, well. You know, it's uh, 30-24 at that point. There's a chance. Yeah, so you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. And by golly, there was a knock at the door, and the Lions answered. Up the middle, in for the touchdown is Jamal Williams. His ninth rushing touchdown of the year, and the Lions are an extra point away from taking the late lead. And the extra point, they would get compliments of Mr. Badgley and... Uh, they secure the win. And uh, are we printing playoff tickets? No. No. But uh, that being said, uh, they won. And, you know, when you take a look at some of the uh, numbers involved, and I've been sharing this, James, throughout the day, and it certainly bears repeating. 
Uh, it was the Lions' first win after trailing by at least 14 points entering the fourth quarter since 1993. <laughs> so that's a long time ago. They beat the Vikings, in case you're wondering, 30-27 to after trailing 27-13. Now the Lions, and this is amazing to me, the Lions had lost 98 straight such games before that moment. So you're saying I was 10 years old the last time the Lions did something like this. Cool. Yes. <laughs> um, what I thought was, you know, okay, so Akuda made that great play. Aiden Hutchinson got his sacks. I think it's important that someone like Tom Kennedy comes in, makes a huge play on third down to keep that drive alive to get to that Jamal Williams rushing touchdown. Yeah, and you're happy for a guy like Tom Kennedy because theoretically – you know, if it wasn't for the injuries that this Lions wide receiver core has gone through, probably wouldn't be here. Right. But, you know, he was Mr. Everything in the preseason. And he now he's cut. Yeah. Then he's back. And then he's making a play like that to keep the drive alive. You know, a 44-yard reception uh, when they needed it the most. Right. And, you know, again, we bring in the performance of Jared Goff because we've discussed it on this very program. You know, here's a guy. That's playing. He doesn't know if he's going to be the Lions quarterback of the future. They've got decisions to make. But I thought yesterday, 236 yards and a touchdown. He played within himself. I thought he was very efficient. Yes, he did have the pick that was negated because of penalty. Yet another one on the Bears. Um, but, I, you know, I see him taking a stance and making a play to make the decision harder. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think they go with Jared Goff for one more year. He's serviceable. They're not exactly playoff bound. No. And what are the prospects of quarterbacks right now for them to pick up? Well, when you look at the draft, um, you know, that's another thing. And and, and this is kind of the way it goes as the Lions uh, schedule unfolds. Because there are Lions fans who at this point are under the impression that the playoffs probably won't happen. So with every win, they cost themselves draft position. Yes, but the Rams are losing. So let the Rams lose and have a little fun, Lions. Win some. Rams are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, But that being said, in our conversation earlier with Frank Ragnow, uh, he really doesn't give a damn where the Lions draft. He wants to win. Right. And I think that speaks collectively for this Lions team. And again, I'll bring in a, you know, our conversation, James. You know, during Hard Knocks, when you saw Jamal Williams make that speech about three thirteen and one, there's nothing fun about losing. No, no matter what level you're at, doesn't matter if it's grade school, uh, high school, college, pro. Losing is horrible, and it's hard in the locker room. It's hard for competitors. These are professional athletes that want to win. And I think they still, just like last year, want to win for Dan Campbell. So do it. Stack three in a row. Yeah, and it's going to be difficult because they're going to be on the road again uh, to face the uh, New York football giants. But, you know, again, going back to our conversation with Frank Ragnow, uh, he said, yeah, you know, you, you put together a couple, in particular, on the road where you've lost 13 straight, um, and you find a way to win. And I uh, point something out here. When you take a look at the penalties, this might have been the difference maker. You know, we've seen the Lions blow games because of stupid penalties, and a lot of them. Uh, yesterday, they had two penalties for 15 yards compared to the Bears' nine for 86. There's your difference right there. 
Right. So they were disciplined on the road. There are a lot of times, you know, macro in the season where they could give up or micro in that game when they were down 24-10 and they didn't. I think that is a positive thing going forward. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, And again, uh, for them to put together three wins in a row, here's what you're looking at. Uh, A Giants team that has played uh, pretty darn good under their first-year head coach. They're a 7-2 club right now. Uh, That includes uh, 4-1 at home. Uh, But I think if you're a professional athlete, you're not as scared. You know, Lions are going to be there. And uh, hopefully, there's still some things to, you know, so what? But did you see the reaction of Aaron Glenn uh, after this particular moment? Second and 18, Fields in some trouble trying to get it to come out. It's intercepted. Okuda with the pick. And little one picks big one and takes it for a touchdown. So, there you have a couple of former Buckeye teammates, and uh, one outdoes the other. And then when uh, Fields had the 67-yard scamper, it was, it was kind of reversed. But anyway, uh, Aaron Glenn, you had to feel good about him, and he was very emotional after that. I think you have to feel good about this defense after it's been picked apart, especially early on. They seem to be making some strides here or there, which complements the offense. Well, it certainly makes uh, – you know, if, you, if you're going to have a team like the Lions where the offense has been pretty darn good. Right. And the numbers reflect that league-wide. Um, it, I would imagine, would be a pain in the derriere to uh, keep losing because the defense can't stop anybody. Now, I think maybe, to a degree, the uh, defense has taken it kind of personally and have risen up a little bit. You know, you had another uh, uh, sack or so from Hutchinson, but that cat made a play in the first half. It wasn't a sack, but he went from the right side, tracked down the ball carrier, and threw him down like nobody's business. That was a Pro Bowl play right there. He was aggressive. He was in Justin Fields' face. He forced a interception by Justin Fields. I think he's making himself known as his rookie season continues. And Justin Fields had two touchdowns, and he rushed for touchdowns. So it's not like the Lions stopped him, but they did just enough to win this football game on the road. I mean, I'm proud of them. (laughs) Well, you know, and uh, I think Justin Fields, and I'm sure the powers that be with the Bears are telling him, look, this is all great. Uh, He ran for 147 yards and two scores. This, after going for 178 the uh, previous week against Miami. You know, it's all great and wonderful, and, and he's very athletic, but he's living dangerously as a quarterback in this league. He's one play away from his season being done because of a tackle. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, so we'll see. Again, it's the uh, Giants and uh, Lions Sunday at uh, 1 o'clock. We'll see. We've got to uh, take a break and come back and talk about what went down as far as college football goes over the weekend. Jamie's here, for I'm crying here. out loud. Hi. And uh, <laughs> you know what? What, are we going to do a bear hug? <laughs> yes. Okay. But right. you brought in. Oh, so I owe this man in all of our bets. I don't know how much now, but I at least paid up on one of them. You did. And here's what I'm going to do, because I'm so very excited. We are now paid in full. Okay. We're going <laughs> to erase the slate. And whatever, whatever f- more beer you owed me, $1,500 or whatever, <laughs> uh, 
just turn it into formula for Olivia. Right, 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 right. Okay. From Uncle Steve. Well, I brought you a present today, which I guess squares us up. We're done. Okay. We're done. We're starting anew. Okay. Going forward. So uh, it's a very special evening. Glad you could join us. It is the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Well, if you support the Michigan State Spartans or you support the Michigan Wolverines, it was a very nice football weekend. Uh, First of all, at the woodshed, first time back there since October 15th in that thrilling double overtime win over Wisconsin, the uh, Spartans hosting the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers and James. Uh, Peyton Thorne threw for 256 yards and those two scores. And Ben Patton, happy for this kid. He had two fourth-quarter field goals to get the Spartans that 27-21 win over the Scarlet Knights. All of a sudden, the Spartans now have won three of their last four. I'm going to turn the mic on. All right. I just got back here. In <laughs> It'll person. come back to you. It'll come back Sorry, to you I was in a way. And wasn't paying attention. Uh, anyway, also they the rushing game came back. In yes. a big way. So what was it, 197 yards? That's important. It's important that they stack these wins, as Tucker said in his press post game, stack these wins and end the season on a high note. Even though they say they're not thinking about a bowl, it's important for them to get those extra practices. I don't think there's uh, any question about that. And you bring up a great point, and that is the uh, Michigan State rushing game. And over these last couple of ball games, we have seen what I would refer to as a rejuvenated Jalen Berger 16 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, not to be outdone, Jarek Bassard had 11 carries for 80 yards. I think running the ball is part of Michigan State football identity, and they kind of got away from it for a little bit. Uh, but just to see what this team has done, you know, during what has been a very challenging season uh, is is pretty cool. And don't think for a second they don't have their eyes on a uh, bowl appearance, uh, especially, and we'll just put our cards on the table. It wasn't all that long ago. It didn't seem really all that possible. And I think it was very important for the Spartans, minus eight defensive players, three starters, two key backups, to go into Champaign-Urbana and knock off the then 14th-ranked fighting Illini. It was huge. That was huge, especially after the incident in the tunnel at Michigan. Like, a lot could have changed on that, too. That could have ended their season. They could have, you know, gone internally, been really upset about what happened, and then, but they didn't. They beat Illinois. They beat Rutgers. If you win one of these last two games, suddenly things aren't so bad. Well, when you're talking uh, what the Spartans are up to defensively, uh, knowing that Jacoby Winman, who has had a stellar year, he's part of those uh, under suspension. Uh, you've got Cal Halliday. I mean, this dude, uh, as I told him in the post-game interview, he's a, he's an animal. Uh, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week uh, for what went down at Illinois. He had 19 total tackles, uh, including one for a loss. And, you know, he said this defense right now for the Spartans understands everything that's going on. Of course they do. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they are going to finish strong. So they win one of their last two. They get IU on Saturday back at the woodshed. That's a 12 noon kick. Here's truly with a tailgate show at nine. Um, they can still do some, some pretty good things. I mean, they held Michigan, which is top five team to 29 points. They held Illinois to 15. I think this defense is, you know, coming on strong at the end, which is what they need. What was interesting uh, being there, because I was on with the tailgate show at 9, and uh, 
you know, the amount of folks who are aboard the USS Abraham Lincoln uh, who had the quick turnaround. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, I mean, Tom Izzo being one of them. That was so cool. And, uh, you know, he was there and, uh, um, so, you know, he's such a football dude. Uh, wouldn't have missed it. Uh, but loved the experience. Um, wanted a better result. And it looked like there for a while they were going to get it up 12 in the second half. But, um, you know, just a, a, a neat deal to see the, the support that Mel Tucker has. Yeah. I think Mel Tucker is a great coach. That's why he won Big Ten Coach of the Year. This year's more challenging for many different reasons, but if you get a bowl, you get those extra practices, you go into next year feeling a whole lot better. All right, now uh, we shift the attention to what went down in a squared, and uh, that was Michigan continuing to roll. Uh, They upend Nebraska, 34-3, the final there. Uh, The Wolverines have started the season 10-0 the third time since 1975. As a matter of fact, the last time the Wolverines were undefeated through its first 10 games, you go back to 2006 under the legend Lloyd Carr. And here's a team, Jamie, I think at this point, that doesn't really hide what they do. We're going to run the football. Mm-hmm. We're going to run the football, and then we're going to run it some more. Yeah, and there was some criticism that, you know, J.J. McCarthy only attempted 17 passes. That works when you're playing Nebraska. It may work when you're playing Illinois. They're next, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work against Ohio State. Well, there was a lot of uh, eyebrow raising in their win over us that, you know, uh, five field goals. Right. You know, red like, zone. Uh, again, if you are eyeballing the Buckeyes and you're going to use that as a barometer, five field goals against Ohio State's not going to get you nothing. No. You know, we'll see. Maybe they're saving these plays for Ohio State. All eyes are on Ohio State always. Maybe. Well, you know, Blake Corum, look, the kid's having a year. Great name. He... Sorry. All right, Blake. Hi, Blake. Hey, guys. Nice to see okay, you. Okay, Blake. And, hey, and, and, you know, listen, full disclosure, Blake, our Blake, is a Wolverine aficionado. He is. He loves them. What I are you going to do? I do. I do. I'm a Michigan fan. Are you concerned about them being one-dimensional? <sighs> um... Yes and no. I agree with what you were saying about they just haven't really needed to show it, but I wish they they did because I just want to be reassured that they can win in a different fashion than what they have. But I I feel better about going into Ohio State the game this year than I did last year. Really? Okay. Yes. Hmm. Well, because I think the def- Michigan's defense is more well-rounded this year than it was last year. There, sir, is a better than not chance that when they do meet, it'll be the uh, first time the teams are both undefeated for the uh, game since 2006. Ohio State ranked number one, Michigan ranked number two at that time. Uh, as we alluded to, the Wolverines uh, they will play Illinois. That is not going to be a gimme, sir. I agree. I agree because Illinois plays the same style that Michigan wants to play, and they're almost as good at it. Uh, their defense, and that's the reason how big that Michigan State win was in Champaign-Urbana because at that particular point in time, the Illinois defense, not only number one in the Big Ten, they were number one in the FBS 
as far as scoring defense goes, they were only allowing 9.2 points per game, which is crazy good. Number two rush defense in the Big Ten as well. Uh, well there you oh, go. They might be forced to pass yeah. more. But you know what? Penn State was supposed to stop Blake Corum because they had a uh, a pretty competitive D, did they not? Yes. Um, they played really well on the road, I thought, that game. Uh, by the way, Blake Corum has had seven straight games with 100 more rushing yards and a touchdown, which is the longest streak by a Michigan player over the last 25 years. Uh, do you put him at the top of the Heisman watch right now? 17 touchdowns, more than 1,300 yards this year. I mean, you, when you compare the stats that he has at this point in the year uh, to Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, uh, other running backs who have won, he is at par or surpasses. So he is indeed in the conversation. By the way, uh, Ohio State will face Maryland this weekend before that November 26th matchup in Columbus. Uh, the Fighting Illini will come into Ann Arbor, 7-3 and three overall, 4-3 and three in conference play. It is a 12-noon kick. The uh, Wolverines, Blake, you being the degenerate you are, um, get your thoughts on them being a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a good line. Like, that's a – I feel like it's going to end up being like a 17-24-point game. I think I think Michigan will handle Illinois, and it'll be comfortable because the last two weeks, Illinois has been kind of on a down streak. Um, so 17 feels like the right number. But you spoke – you talked Heisman, and just real quick, I don't know how much either of you guys have watched this – Drake May kid from North Carolina. A little bit. He's awesome. He should be the Heisman frontrunner. His numbers are comparable to 2019 Joe Burrow at LSU. He's putting up crazy stats, and he's so much fun to watch. You know, though, it's interesting, you know, with the Heisman. You know, you're in the conversation. You're in the conversation. Oops, you had a bad game. You're out of the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. There there is no forgiveness. You have to peak at the end. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. Uh, otherwise, uh, you just get lost in the shuffle because, uh, you know, one bad game and that's it. There is no, uh, margin for error. Yes. Um, did anyone see that rivals show about Michigan and Ohio state? It's on Valley right now. I saw I the commercials not. for it. I haven't watched it. It's pretty it good. And you talk about the Heisman with Charles Woodson and everybody. It's really fun to watch. Do they go back, uh, and look at all the personalities that have been involved in this thing? Yes, and it's also about why this rivalry is so good. It's sort of like the mental state of Ohioans, Michiganders. That it's kind of fun. Well, you know, everybody remembers the era of Bo and Woody. I mean, and obviously that is what got this thing on the map because they were so similar in their coaching styles and the way they treated their players. And, um, you know, it was hatched. And here we are. I just remember just when you guys were talking about the Heisman, it, they have old video of Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, the Heisman, the whole thing. So that's why I brought wow. it up. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to tune in. Yes. All right. Uh, we'll address the Red Wing Piston situation and the big Monday night game is coming up. All that and more as we continue with the sportsbook on 760 WJR. All right. Well, as it turns out, your Detroit Pistons have lost three in a row. And as it also turns out, uh, they are on the hard floor as we speak. Right now at Little Caesars Arena, two minutes, two seconds left in the first quarter. 
the uh, Toronto Raptors up 23-18 on your Detroit Pistons right now. Uh, the Pistons a 3-11 and 11, uh, ball club. And uh, Sadiq Bay coming off the bench. He's got uh, three points. No Cade Cunningham again. Shin soreness, I believe, and they just want to be extra careful with him. I agree with that particular move. Uh, I was talking to the uh, great George Blaha this uh, past weekend, longtime voice. Just a gentleman and a half. The Hall of Famer, for crying out loud. Uh, loves uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. This dude is doing exactly what he was brought in to do, and I've seen him pull off some shots, which for a big fella, it, it's fun to watch. Yeah. I was watching the Celtics game, and he came up clutch in multiple different ways. Floaters, threes. He's a veteran. Yeah, he uh, he knows how to work it. And uh, now, uh, I know there's maybe some folks losing patience. I know Dwayne Casey's name has been brought up as to, you know, what's going on. I get it. They're 3-11, and 11, but they're also very young. I mean, that was highlighted again back to that Celtics game when you have veteran team against the young Detroit Pistons and it's just so obvious when you see the both on the floor Jaden Ivey had a career high I think he had 26 points but he also turned the ball over he looks young these Pistons need to develop still well it's a process and you bring up Jaden Ivey right now he's got five points uh, but he's turned it over twice Uh, and uh, sometimes you got to crawl before you walk Uh, right now Toronto up 25-20 uh, minute nine left in the first quarter at LCA. Uh, meanwhile, the Red Wings, uh, they've been uh, creating a little bit of a buzz, have they not? Uh, they are in action 10 o'clock tomorrow night. They'll be in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. The Red Wings now have lost three straight after, by the way, winning three in a row. Right now they are fifth in the Atlantic Division. As a matter of fact, uh, there's kind of a cluster there. Tampa Bay, Florida, the Red Wings, and Le Habitant du Montreal, uh, they all have 17 points. But I think Derek Lalonde, uh, in his first year as head coach of the Red Wings, he and Stevie Eisman have to be pretty happy with the way things have gone so far. Look, it's a three-game losing streak. It's very early on in this season. The Red Wings pieces that Eisman has brought in, have brought in, have been making plays. Like I said, I think a couple weeks ago, Kubalik. Peron, the goalie Vili Husso, these are pieces that he brought in that are now showing why the, that he brought them here. You know, every once in a while there's going to be a road bump, and uh, by golly, don't look any further than uh, the 8-2 loss to the Rangers. I mean, here's a hockey club that, you know, they were competitive for the first two, and then boom. Uh, and I think this is going to be uh, the situation from time to time with a bunch of new faces on this Red Wings team. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to be able to rebound, which, you know, you you go back after the new year, in January, February of last season, it just started to snowball out of control. I don't see that happening this year. No. The goals against last year, we were talking about it, and it did. It snowballed. And in the offseason, they talked about defense, defense, defense. Mo Sider is good. They have a good core. They have a little blips. The Rangers was 8-2. to two. I mean, they gave up six to the Devils. The Sabres also scored eight. But they combat it with the very next game, a good game. All right, again, it's the uh, Red Wings and Ducks in Anaheim. Uh, late game tomorrow night. Get yourself a little nappy. 
That's like old Western Conference Red Wings stuff when you have to stay up late. Yeah, how about that? And, uh, you know, back in the day we did, no problem. Uh, did you happen to see, as we get ready to uh, discuss tonight's Monday night tilt, as the Philadelphia Eagles look to remain perfect, they are 8-0. Uh, they are at home against the Washington Commanders, a dysfunctional franchise for sure. Uh, Philadelphia is an 11-point favorite. We'll have more on that coming up in just a bit. Uh, but some pretty good games yesterday. I'm sorry I did not uh, wake up in time, I'll be honest with you, to watch the Buccaneers and Seahawks in Germany. Did you watch any of that? I watched some of it. That place was packed. Germany cares about the NFL. Well, let's have a franchise there, too, then. Okay. Uh, I guess collectively. There's a comeback in that game. Yeah, but collectively, that crowd that you allude to, partner, they were singing in mass to uh, John Denver, Take Me Home Country Road. All of them. I mean, it's a singing. great sing-along song. WV. Everyone knows Or is this that. Germany? This is Deutschland. <laughs> and how they knew the John Denver song, who the hell knows? Did you see the size of the beers that they were serving? Oh, yes. Oh, man. They were pitchers. They were just get, all getting pitchers. Well, I mean, that's uh, Deutschland. I mean, they, you know, they had the Oktoberfest. That's what they're known for. And the uh, waitresses that will carry like 20 steins, big steins of beer. Now, that's a talent. I'm getting a tear in my eye. I mean, it's it's something to behold. Uh, But you have the uh, Buccaneers winning at 21 to 16. Lo and behold, the Seahawks, a 6-4 team. The uh, Bucs improve to 5-5. And and all this talk about Tom Brady retiring. Before the end of the year, he says it's a bunch of yeah, yeah. I can't even get into a Tom Brady retirement discussion because he'll unretire. Well, there's no way he, it, he, do you know how much money he lost this week between the divorce and then the whole FTX thing? He has to play for like five more years. Giselle now. might have to pay him alimony. <laughs> She's the true. big moneymaker. Well, how does this work though? You're divorced and she buys a mansion right next to him. Well, they're going to co parent, Steve. It's amicable. What? I guess so. When I went through that mess, I... You did not buy it. (laughs) It was not amicable. (laughs) That was the very last thing that I was thinking. Oh, I just buy a house right next to you. No, never came to be. I'll tell you, I don't know if we're going to see a better game this year than the uh, Vikings Bills. That's what I was going to bring up if you didn't. That was awesome. It was incredible viewing. That is why when you're that close to the goal line, you go for it on fourth down because you pin the Bills back, and then what happens? Bad handoff from center to quarterback. Yeah, again, going back to the conversation with center Frank Ragnow, usually in that situation, it's always the center get, that gets thrown under the bus. Terrible. It's ridiculous. It's without merit. It's not right. As Lomas would call them, big fellas. The big fellas. Yeah. Uh, interesting to note. Uh, the former Lion, T.J. Hawkinson, who's been contributing. I know. Since, since he's been he on Viking. He must be thrilled. Uh, seven receptions. He was targeted 10 times, 45 yards. Has yet to score a touchdown as a Purple People leader. But it's ironic that your Detroit Lions, since this trade, their touchdowns are from who? Lions looking for fourth and goal conversion. Off the play fake. Golf throws wide oh. open. Touchdown, Brock Wright. His first touchdown of the year, and the Lions take a 9-3 lead. 
And Zilstra had a touchdown, a tight end. Uh, it's kind of crazy. So that's how it all why works they got out. rid of him. They felt like they could make it happen with who they had. Yeah, interesting games. We're going to uh, spotlight as we usually do the Monday night game uh, coming up as we continue with the uh, sports book here on seven sixty. WJR. Indeed, uh, once again, thank you very much to our great friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their support of this radio program known as the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. As a matter of fact, uh, let's keep the uh, rumor going, James. Uh, apparently, we are going to be at Soaring Eagle for a very special Super Bowl broadcast. Amazing. Big game broadcast, as the case may be. Whatever. I'm going straight to my slot machine. <laughs> It's mine. Where the last time we were there, when you announced uh, that you were with child, maybe that was what brought you good luck. Olivia can come, too. It's the Wheel of Fortune giant wheel. (laughs) Come on, Olivia. (laughs) Give it a spin here. (laughs) Oh, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Meanwhile, the Monday night till tonight could be an exercise in futility. Uh, The 8-0 Eagles at home to face the 4-5 Washington Commanders. 8.15 8.15 is the kick. Philadelphia installed as an 11-point favorite. Uh, what is going to happen to this Commanders franchise in the future? Who knows? Oh, my gosh. Who knows? You know, Daniel saga. You know, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, Daniel Snyder, clearly not popular amongst a group that he once referred to as a mafia, mm-hmm. NFL owners. A group that, by the way, he hired, according to reports, private investigators to get as much dirt as he could on his fellow owners. That's like what Putin does. How do you think that goes over? (laughs) Not well. So, again, according to reports, he and his wife uh, have hired a bank to look into the sale. Now, that may happen. Uh, but there is also a lot of federal investigating going on with how they've dealt with finances. Uh, obviously, uh, we've heard report after report of sexual impropriety within the organization mm-hmm. uh, via the NFL investigation. John Gruden lost his job. <laughs> That's still the craziest thing that came out of that so far. We've never heard anything. Not one thing about the commanders. Nothing. Yeah. And so there are people now in charge uh, in the uh, greater D.C. area that are uh, allegedly looking into this. And it could come with uh, a lot of circumstance. The NFL has so much oversight on literally everything, and there's so many rules for everything. How are we at this point where nothing has happened? Well, there is a lawsuit now, and not only are the commanders involved, but Roger Goodell and the National Football League. And people want answers as to the alleged impropriety that has allegedly gone on for years. Right. Um, So we know that the NFL was doing their thing. Oh, and by the way, we found these John Gruden emails and... Okay, John, you're in trouble. All right, so he's fired. But yet nothing, nothing in these months has ever come out about the impropriety. I know. And there's no, it's no accident that those emails came out. Someone leaked those emails. Maybe it was like, hey, look over here. 
focus on this and not what we're doing over here. Well, you know, it's interesting because the NFL, you know, has put themselves in a situation where they put the shield before all else. Mm -hmm. And that can be very dangerous. Um, You know, the way they handled the whole Deshaun Watson debacle, I thought was ridiculous. Right. Like, why have an independent investigator? But we don't have to get into it. Right. Right. We've done it. So let's just talk about the game, shall we? Okay. Whatever uh, I pick betters, pick the other. Tonight's tilt is, uh, <laughs> but you are paid in full. Okay. Uh, little rematch here. Uh, let's see what went down. It was a 24-8 to uh, route back in September, and this Philadelphia Eagle team roughed up uh, then-starting quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, he is on injured reserve following surgery to repair that broken finger. Um I've watched a couple of the Eagles games. I just think they're a complete ball club right now. They're good. They're too good. But then I worry 11. It's in the spread 11. Yes. That's a lot in the NFL. It is, as we have found out. Uh, But, you know, if there's a guy playing the quarterback position, uh, any better than Jalen Hurts, uh, eight games played. Uh, he's throwing at a 68.2% clip, 2,042 yards, 12 TDs. He's only thrown two picks, overall rating of 107.8. You talk about a kid who a couple of years ago, maybe even last year for a little bit, nobody really knew if he was going to turn out to be their quarterback of the future. I think all that conversation's over. I do too. He's their franchise. He's good. So as he goes, so go the Eagles. Well, he's also second on the team in rushing. He's uh, run for 326 yards, uh, six TDs. That's what you need. You need a quarterback that can be dangerous with his feet as well as his arm. Are you listening, Lions? (laughs) Well, you know, but at the same time, if you have a quarterback that can utilize their feet, then they're told, well, you don't want to do it that often. You know, look at Justin Fields in Chicago. He's going to be the same way. It's great that you can do what he does. That breakability, that, that breakaway ability is wonderful. But it's also a dangerous way to live at that level. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, these guys that can scramble. That's what you need. All right. We're just about out of time. This is the first go around with the slate clean. Okay. Which way are you going? I'm going to go with the Eagles being from Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) I just looked at Blake to see what he was going to say. Diplomatic as always. I know what I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) bet. What I just said. Oh, a little editorial there. I see what just uh, took place. I I actually took the Eagles for tonight. Okay. All right. I'm taking the Commanders. uh, He's agreed with me in some of these picks. Just, I didn't agree with the Bengals one at all. I gave you like 15 stats. I listen, know, I, I know. said go the other way, and you did not listen. We've got to go. Thanks for listening.